And good morning. Welcome to The Old School, a podcast about a whole bunch of stuff, education, history, philosophy, baseball, life, baseball as life, baseball as philosophy, uh, just generally about a baseball. But we also do other things as well. And we're here. Good morning. Saturday morning. Hello, Hair Dr. Bourgeois. Hair Miller, it's good to see you this morning, live and in person. Well, not in person, but we're looking at each other, which is, uh, again, a little bit jolting uh, this early in the morning. You seem to fill the whole screen. I don't know if you've showered yet, have you? I showered last night. Really? Yes. I thought you'd put yourself together a little bit more, considering our esteemed (laughs) guest that we have today. I Uh, thought you would have done a little bit more. So I was going to go with a t-shirt, but uh, I didn't (laughs) talk people too much there. <laughs> <laughs> i've been busy this morning this morning's been very busy my daughter's birthday is today congratulations well i had nothing to do with it well i had something at the beginning but Come now, now. She's, she's, <laughs> she, she's nine years old and she's made it and uh um i don't think there's any doubt but um she's um she's she's geared up she's geeked up she's ready and so i was doing some cooking this morning you know, little culinary masterpieces, you know, and then then tonight she goes to the Great Wolf Lodge, which fortunately I don't have to be a part of because it's her. Pull that off. So well, it's her and a couple of girlfriends and her mom. And I was like, well, I have to sit this one out. You know, I'll do the other stuff. You know, you you hang out and um, I'll watch watch baseball tonight. So, well, that's what you'll do. Well, that, that, that place is rather expensive, I've heard. Um, we've we've looked at him, but I don't know. We're not as wealthy as here, Miller. <laughs> Listen, I'm on a pensioner's paycheck right now, so uh, <laughs> it's expensive. Trust me, but uh, no, nah, just everything I heard. It's like it's like it's like elementary school recess <laughs> knocked up about ten notches. So it's nothing I want to be a part of. And my uh, wife, gratefully, thankfully, amazingly, has decided to shoulder this responsibility. So. Well, you and there you go. You lucked out there. Um, yes, Herr Miller. As, as much as I like talking to you um, personally, we we brought on some guests, and there's been a lot of people much more interesting to talk to than me. That's, that's the thing. There's been some rumbling <laughs> from our um, listeners that you know, we we're, we've pretty much talked about everything that we have. We're starting to repeat ourselves. Same old stories. Same jokes. Same hats. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to introduce a couple of friends um uh, we've known each other for about five years now and from various collaborations and projects um and we we're lucky to have um dr marvin rainey and also dr shalita hui and um, they are here to discuss really whatever they want to but particularly uh, a book that's coming out that they that's about to be published uh called leadership styles and student achievement and we're excited to welcome um, Shalita and Marvin. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Well, uh, we we met briefly, so you met Ross. Uh, Ross, why don't you um, greet the and tell tell them what to expect here because this is this is new for for all of us. Well, there will be scintillating conversation, insightful questions, and uh, insightful responses and follow-ups to any answers you might give. But basically, it's just about getting a chance to find out more about what you two have done, what you are doing now with this book, but also more importantly, 
the the uh, the kind of the essential elements to this book that makes it such required reading for anybody else who's looking to kind of tackle some of these same issues that y'all talk about uh, in y'all's uh, book. And so that's where we're kind of going with today. Well, exciting. Well, why don't I ask a question that, that um, you can both answer? And uh, Shalita, why don't we start with you and then Marvin? This is kind of the elevator pitch, but I think it would help the listeners to know, you know, what, what you've been doing, you know, professionally, and you can go back as long as you want, but probably the more recent thing. So we know what, what, what your role is. Uh, Shalita. All right. Good morning again. Thank you so much for having us on uh, the show today. Uh, professionally, within the last five years, I've done a number of things. Uh, my primary position uh, engages my work in working with teachers and administrators as a curriculum supervisor. Uh, outside of that work, of course, uh, that has been a time period of COVID. And so some of my roles and responsibilities shifted uh, so much that I was responsible for the district's virtual school. And so uh, I actually had to do that for almost a year because the person who was doing that work retired. Uh, I also have been engaged, uh, of course, finishing that doctoral degree with the good help of Dr. Bourgeois. Yeah. And so we do appreciate his mentorship and helping us to reach that goal of finishing that dissertation and not being able to walk across the stage because of COVID, but at least getting that degree on the wall. So uh, that work was completed within the last five years. Uh, we've been able to use some of that work, not only in the school setting, but in the spiritual setting as well. And I'm sure I'm leaving out some things because I just do the work and I keep moving. So mm -hmm. uh, if I think of something else, I'll come back and let you know. Please okay. do. Well, well, thank you, and uh, and thanks for the plug about you know dissertation support. But it's <laughs> I enjoyed every minute of that, and uh, it, it was a uh, you know it, people don't know how hard it is to finish a dissertation. It's relatively easy to get started, and then the the part that people don't really expect is that they're their chair and committee eventually get involved and that's where <laughs> things get complicated because you know it's smooth sailing and then they say wait a minute my name is going to be on this and here's how i like it done and and then and then it just there's a series of sending documents back and forth and waiting right and then getting frustrated and then getting through so it's it's an accomplishment so congratulations shalita thank for seeing you. that thank through you, thank you well, excellent. Well, Marvin, you get, you get the same question. What are, what have you been up to? Okay. Oh, good morning, everybody. Well, I guess I'll get started. And so I'm going to start with that part about the dissertation. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Bourgeois, for all that you did and, and um, invested in us. Uh, it, it was work. So thank you again. We are so appreciate, appreciative for you um, just coming into our lives during that time. <laughs> <laughs> doing that time but it, it was it. torture but um that needs to hear there we've got it it's on the wall we've implemented and using it in life experience and learning from it so i'll talk a little about my my last five years of work so the last five years of work for me has been at, as a system level um administrator at the district level um i started off as a um uh, a district instructional coach is pretty much what it is. Of course, the title was called executive master teacher, but I oversaw the um, whole entire district's um, teacher evaluation system, um, the database, the inputting, the transferring teachers. Um, if grievances were filed or rebuttals was filed about observations, I will be the one who have to go out and do those as well as um, kind of 
shepherd 20 master teachers that were in school base. And so I was kind of their direct, their, their, their direct line of support um, for them to kind of make sure the work was pushed out into schools. And so I did that for about three years, three to four years. And then I switched over. So this is the third year as an executive director of school performance. And so again, big title, but what that is, is a principal supervisor. And so in that work, I worked directly with the leader um, to change struggling schools. And, um, and that's pretty much what it is. So the leader and the leadership teams to really, really change struggling schools. And that's my passion. <laughs> I, I thrive in that work. And so um, that's been my work for the last the last seven years at the district level as a system leader. Okay. So uh, I think context matters. And you know, I don't see any reason you can't tell us where, where you're working. I mean, you so go, go ahead. I mean, what, where, where, which district? And you all have, you're not in the same district, right? You're in different. Yes, you are. Go ahead. Yeah. If you want to tell us, you can't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we work in a very, very, very urban inner city district, um, um, Cattle Parish Public School System in Shreveport, Louisiana, which have about 40, 34,000 students, um, about 54 schools in our district. OK. And you've been working together. So you've known each other for a long time. Yes. Yeah. All 21 of my years is in Cattle Parish Public Schools. Okay. And I have been in Caddo, uh, let's see, for 19 years prior to this. I worked in South Louisiana in uh, the main office there, working with teachers and administrators as well, and started my teaching career in Orleans Parish. So uh, I do have the benefit of working in multiple districts. Well, wonderful. Well, <clears throat> I, I, before Ross asks a question, I want to share a, a quick story because um, I've worked with both of you, you know, having regular meetings, talking about dissertation, kind of you know, week to week making progress, but we were doing by telephone. This was the, the old days, right? Uh, so there, I mean, people could do Zoom, but we just made phone calls. So I got to know you by voice and and we, we spent a lot of time. And then at one point we decided with another um, doctoral student to, to meet. I happened to be heading to Shreveport for business, I actually talked to your superintendent and we, we met for lunch and it was wonderful. It was just joyful. I felt like we were old friends immediately. And you know, <laughs> what, a, what a great moment that was. So, so that was, you know, and, and now we can see each other in Zoom, but I, I'm pretty, pretty fun. That is really great. And Dr. Bourgeois probably does not know, but I have my own connections with the region because I spent um i spent you know very very early on i was in houghton oh wow and um uh, and so uh houghton and my grandparents lived in menden but we lived uh outside of houghton and so went to school there and so a uh, little bit of time in the region before i moved on uh but uh you know a lot of familial ties and it's just a beautiful area and a lot of beautiful people wonderful folks and uh and so I, I, anytime I get this chance to talk to folks from Louisiana, I just feel a little bit better. You know, it's, it's just a nicer <laughs> feeling, you know? I like it. Well, well, regarding the book, why don't y'all tell us a little bit about the book? Um, what is the, what is the argument and who do you feel most benefits from reading it? And whoever wants to take it first, I mean. <laughs> Talita, which you want to go first? Uh, it doesn't matter. Okay, go go for right. it. <laughs> well, we are certainly excited about uh, this opportunity to uh, co-author this book, and uh, we want readers to be excited about it because the information that they will find 
uh, will help them to propel their careers as a leader because we uh, talk about those prominent leadership styles that have been shown to be uh, beneficial as we uh, look at the research and, and determine what the experts are saying. And so we know that uh, there is an urgency that we need to improve and change our practices. Uh, what has worked long ago no longer works. And so it is a team effort and we have to make sure that everyone on the team is equipped to be able to do the job. And so we want to uh, make sure that a variety of persons uh, engage in the reading of this book, uh, such as school principals, district leaders, uh, even HR directors, when they are considering persons to uh, field these administrative positions, we need to look at their, their qualities, their leadership qualities. And if they don't quite have what it takes, then uh, we need to make sure that we're providing training to uh, assist them in building their skill set. Mm -hmm. All right. Oh, oh. Mark? Okay, yeah. I'll say, is it from time for me to jump in? <laughs> with that. So um, I think the same uh, same things, but one piece of um, the argument, when I think about the argument for the book, um, when I think about the accountability system in today's times, when I think about COVID and what happened about around learning with COVID, when I think about post-COVID and in the, in the urgency to close gaps, school districts and um, are, for the most part, are building leaders solely as instructional leaders, around instructional leaders. And I think for, well, I, I don't think, I know, because I I got evidence from me using these, <laughs> these, these, these research strategies. With Principals need so much more. If we are going to close schools and change systems and have some sustainability, some, um, some substantial change and long-lasting change, principals need more than just being an instructional leader. They need to know how to be a servant leader, and they need to use transformational leadership behaviors to do that. So all three of those um, leadership styles are so important to just building a high-caliber leader who can really change these 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 schools, and particularly in urban settings because they come with a lot a lot of challenges, and so. Some benefits for the book. I think this book is an amazing book, not just because we co-authored the book, but the book talks about research. So if you are in a dissertation stage or you are writing, we got how we did our research in the book. The book covers best practices um, on what works, what we've seen works, and there's a lot of application in this book. So you getting uh you you getting a, a comprehensive package here when you when you read this book. You are really getting you're gonna get more than just a story. It covers quite a bit and tell story. And so for me, when I think about the, um, who would benefit from this book, number one principles definitely but got system leaders will too um when we're thinking about those who are working in training principles system leaders will benefit because they are know the things that is needed to build just a high caliber leader that can transform these schools that most people like oh they they they, they low performing they're going to be low performing forever so i think it's just a it, system leaders needed for just that mind that mindset shift when it comes to it so i'm very excited about this book as you can tell. <laughs> May I add to what Dr. Rainey has shared? Uh, you are absolutely correct. This is a comprehensive book. Uh, our experience, uh, my experience is more with teachers or, or my current role uh, deals more with working with teachers and building their skill set and providing that curricula uh, 
training to principals as well. And so we actually, uh, this book captures helping that teacher, the administrator, and system leaders. And so all of that impacts student achievement. And so that's where that systemic change will come, that when administrators have those skills, that they are able to be transformative, that they're able to lead the instructional piece, and they have a servant's heart as they do all of that work. And so uh, this book will capture that all. So you must get a copy and read all about what we have uh, taken and taken and the research and put all together. It will help with teacher retention. If we have to keep training teachers over and over and over again, when do we have a stable and systemic change? When will we see that? And so we want to make sure that our readers engage in this book and learn some excellent best practices that will impact every level of education. Well, Dr. Rainey talked about like different types of leaders. You were talking about servant leader, transformative leader. Um, can, and both of y'all were talking about how these different kind of characteristics can can change a school, can change lives. What is meant by those terms? For you know, we our our audience is 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 uh, both you know laymen, but also experts, but you know also you know a, a smattering of other folks. So when you use those terms, what do those terms mean? Mm-hmm. Okay, and I guess I'll take the lead. So, Lita, since um, I'm always putting you on the putting you on the start, <laughs> um, I think about instructional leadership. I think about the teaching and learning that's happening in the building. That that leader knows the instructional program of of, of that school. They are very versed in the curriculum. They are they are, they are able to coach teachers around what's happening in the, in the classroom with what based on what the curriculum is saying. So they are very, very versed in teaching and learning and best practices um, when it comes to teaching and learning. And that's 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 a, in a nutshell with that instructional leadership. When I think about serving leadership, for me, serving leadership is, 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 is probably the foundation that they... I think when leaders really exemplify serving leadership, they understand that teachers are humans and not robots. They understand that 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 they they understand that grace has to be given to to teachers because the job is extremely hard. So they really value people for people. Um, it's more about inspiring and motivating and and getting um other people's fired up and, and and investing in others than themselves when I think about that servant leadership uh, piece they have a, a strong sense of awareness of of of, of their people um what makes them tick what makes them motivated what makes them want to give more they really know their that they really know their stakeholders that's inside of the school and when I think about transformational leadership I think that's the, 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 I think that's the gravy <laughs> like you really really Individual, you're 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 the teamwork. You 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 you're exemplifying the teamwork. You're bringing people into your vision. You're including you you're 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 including the voices and you are val you are valuing the voices in the building. But not only that, you are individually supporting people and inspiring them to do more. You you are really investing in people. You are taking time with people, and then again, you're just letting people dream and believe and try things when it comes to that. And so. In a nutshell, for me, that's what those three those three leadership styles exhibit. So I know my partner is going to add some more to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Well, Dr. Rainey, you've done an excellent job of, of that ex explanation. And since we are natives of Louisiana, we can kind of uh, make the analogy of gumbo. We can take these three leadership styles and put into that roux and put in our, our seafood, because when we put all of these leadership styles together, I believe that transformational leadership encompasses uh, some of those characteristics of instructional and servant, because you, you have to treat teachers as individuals. <clears throat> you know, there is not one uh, way that you manage or or uh, administer your work without looking at what makes individuals tick. Uh, I think about my own children uh, when parenting them, I did not parent them the same because they're two different individuals. And so my approach to their uh, or response to their behaviors were different. I could raise my voice at one, she would fall apart. The other one would look at me like I was crazy. So, you know, you think about teachers, you can't do the same thing for each of them. You probably can cluster them based on similar characteristics, but we want to make sure that you are touching all three of those and using them at the appropriate time. Every day is not going to be the same. Some days will, some weeks will, and some weeks won't. And so you want to make sure that you clearly understand the difference between the three styles, but yet how do we marry the three styles together and make a good leadership gumbo? Uh, I love that uh, image. And uh, I would say um, that combination is, is what, what's unique to this book. I mean, transformational leadership has been studied so much, particularly outside of education. I mean, it comes from the business setting, um, but there's a lot of work on it. Um, and actually, I've done some work in that area as well. And what you're doing is extending that um, in, instructional leadership uh, has been studied more and more, but looking at the the three uh, and adding the 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 servant um, and and it's not just from anecdotal evidence. And I, I want the listeners to know that you, I mean, both of you did parallel studies um, that 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 are empirical, uh, looking at survey data from from teachers, uh, lots of them, uh, and also connecting those responses to the test scores of, of the students. Um, and and so you come up with a, a relationship, a correlation between those, and that's um, relatively a straightforward explanation, but there's a lot of complexity to show your work. And that's the, the beauty of, of this type of a study. They have a lot of literature to make their point uh, and they also present two studies uh, and they show their work it's transparent so they show how they came up with this it's not just a, a finding and and keep driving but explaining uh, and and then the last step is to explain what it all means and i think that's what i wanted to ask about now because you know some of these uh leadership uh, attributes have to do with experience and you're sitting in that desk, and you, um, and eventually you you find your way. But uh, you mentioned attrition. Uh, principal attrition is is uh, exploding right now. Te you know, teachers are leaving, principals are leaving. Um, what happens if there's a new principal sitting in that? You know, how how could you apply something? You know, the ideas, the concepts from the book to help help them stay and and be successful. I think that has a lot to do with uh, some of the work that Dr. Rainey does as a school director is providing that support, the coaching, the feedback. Um, administrators and leaders need that same support that they are giving to teachers. 
And with any new experience for anyone, whether it's in the education realm or outside of the educational realm, you need support. And that support makes or breaks you. And so without that support, even if you are gifted in the area, support and feedback helps you to be a better person. It helps you to be a better leader. And so I think it is important that administrators receive that support and coaching. And Dr. Rainey, uh, from what Dr. Ken Hui just said, you're you're in that role personally. That's what you do, right? Uh, so, so how do you personally work with the new the new principals? Right. So, um, I truly believe, based on the research and based on me just in the field doing the work, mm-hmm. um, what new leaders some 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 key points for new leaders is number one when a new leader gets into a building, they are so fired up and so so excited about the work, and they want to a lot of times they want to prove themselves that they that they deserve to be in the seat, and um, and sometimes that that. That, that, there's there's pros and cons to that because they want to do every single thing and one person cannot change a school <laughs> and so they forget to use it start off using that that distributive leadership that shared leadership involving their teams in the in the vision in the uh, the mission in the vision of the schools really 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 valuing the voices and the and the expertise that you have in your building so that's one thing that I would really recommend that once you get in that seat start finding out who your key players are start listening to your to, to 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 your to your to your staff start involving them in there because they can help you get the change started much faster than you're trying to do every single thing by yourself and also it just builds collective e- efficacy when that leader say oh my god i need you on this team or i need you on the instructional leadership team or i need i need your expertise here People get bought in. Teachers want to be involved in, in those things. And then it is, it's building a pipeline of school leaders when they do that as well. And the next thing is starting off is just building trust in, in people where people can trust you, but then you can trust your you can trust you can trust your people. And that comes with again building those strong relationships, <laughs> um, uh, get, having those trusting conversations, and then inspiring the people that you work for, believing in them. And I got one of my mantras in my clusters, we believe I, I our, our team of schools are called. We believe. We believe in every teacher, every leader, and every student every single day, regardless of how messy the work may be, regardless of how my, how challenging the work may be. We believe that there's a diamond in every single person that's in the building. And then um, another is lead by example. Like when you are a new leader, people are watching you. <laughs> mm-hmm. They are they are watching everything you do. Again, that's just and that and that's just for them to build a trust in you. So you have to be that lead learner. You have to be that that take the lead on on modeling the expectations that you want. But leading by example is a, another one. But I can go on and on with with a, with a list of, with a list of things. But I just think those are so important. Starting with that trust, building those trust relationships. But number one, understanding that you are only one person, regardless of how high your capacity is as a as a as a building leader. You are only one person, and I promise you, six people can get much more done than one person. So, really building those teams and, and that shared leadership and distributive leadership is so important. And that's when those transformational leadership behaviors come in. That where you know, hey, I know I'm the leader. I don't have to walk around with a with a with a step on my head saying I'm the leader of this school. My thing is invest in your people. The more people, the more brains, the more work that you can actually get done. And to further support what Dr. Rainey has said, uh, in my role as a curriculum uh, person, uh, I have a task force that works under me that helps me to push the work out throughout the district. 
In addition to that, we have implemented in our district site-based teacher leaders. So this is another group of teachers that I am training to do the deep dives into the curriculum so that they are the expert on their campus. So if you have that team uh, approach, then you have persons who are getting this direct training from, from the district level experts, I would say, to be able to go back and push that work out in schools. So I think, Dr. Rainey, uh, what you have said is very valuable. And uh, in my notes here, as we're talking, one of the things that I wrote was to build trust. If you don't trust others on your staff, it is impossible. There are too many moving parts to this for one person to be able to handle. Not only do you have uh, your transformational skills or, or characteristics that you're displaying, the instructional and servant, but you have outside forces. You have policies that are being made for people who have never seen the children in your community. And so you have to know how to navigate that as well. In addition to people in the community who want to have it their way, not looking at best practices, not looking at what's best for children, but they have their own personal agenda. And so that that seat is so valuable that we have to ensure that the person who sits there has um, the good confidence or strong confidence that if I share this role or this work with a group of, group of my teachers, that makes us better. Well, Dr. Hoy, you were talking awesome. about the, the idea that, you know, there's a possibility that someone may kind of naturally, as a leader, may naturally lack one element or another that goes into making the best kind of leader. What would you say, you know, long time ago, there was a there was a, a a guy by the name of Dr. Harry Edwards, and he was a he was a psychologist, and he worked with the San Francisco 49ers. And uh, the head coach at the time basically asked him, I said, we need a kind of a chart or kind of a like a list of traits that while does not provide or create the perfect coach, but gives us the perfect groundwork to, to have a perfect coach. If you were going to do something like that, where you're looking at the characteristics or the elements of a person who could become a great leader within the school environment, what kind of things would you would you kind of tap onto? What kind of things would you say, that's what we're looking for? Those are the kind of things we need. Not talking about the finished product, but what you had to have is kind of the groundwork for that type of uh, approach. I would say some of the characteristics you would be looking for, you want to make sure it is someone, again, that is confident, uh, someone that is not intimidated by by others who may know more or may be stronger in a different area than yourself. And so you want to make sure that you are flexible, that you are able to look at uh, the larger picture of things and that you're able to map out what needs to happen and being able to identify those persons who possess the skill set that will help you to get there. Uh, again, building that team, everyone on the team will not have every skill that you need, such as building relationships with other people. If you don't have strong relationships with those persons that you work with, no matter how great you are, how do you get them on board? How do you get them to buy in to what you're saying? So you want to make sure that you can build those relationships, that you have a skill set that you're able to uh, coach and provide feedback to teachers, not in a demeaning way, but in a way that will encourage them in a way that will kind of ignite 
uh, that next step in, in that teacher to ensure that what they are doing in that classroom with that student will get the end result that we're looking for, which is student achievement, because we are judged on the performance of our students. And so if we are not flexible, if we're not building the capacity of teachers, then why are we here? It goes beyond that title. Uh, the title doesn't mean anything if you're not in to roll up your sleeves and work beside your teachers. No one needs a manager, which there are some managerial uh, characteristics that go along with a job, but no one needs a manager to stand over them to say, do this, that, and the other. Model for me. How do I do this? If I'm struggling in an area, how can you model for me how I should implement this instructional best practice with my students? That may not be the principal. It could be your instructional coordinator. It could be your assistant principal or it could be another teacher on staff. That does not change the title, your title, as the principal of the school. And so you want to make sure that whatever you bring to the table is the best that you have. And what can we do as leaders, as colleagues to help you to get to where you need to be? Marvin, Marvin would you add to that or? Oh yeah, I, I, I will. Um, I'll start off with one that that leader is instructionally sound because you can't teach what you don't know. You can't coach what you don't know. So you have to be instructionally sound because at the end of the day, it's not about the feelings or how the school feels warm and fuzzy. The state is looking at student outcomes. <laughs> the, 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 how are, are students moving and growing? So therefore, if that's going to happen, it starts with the head. The leader got to know instruction in order to make sure that teachers are actually doing the things that's needed to move kids. The other one that I will say is the leader has to be a person of influence. Leadership is about influence. It's not about position or power. It's about influence. So that leader has to be very influential on people where they, again, they inspire people. They motivate people. They, again, they're, they're strategic strategic in those things as well. Um, also, that leader has to have have a, have a have a have a strong balance of accountability and empathy. They have to know when to use both, and because both are important. And when, especially when we're talking about struggling urban schools and, and school turnaround work, that you got you have to hold people accountable. But you have to, at the end of the day, understand that people are people, and that empathy, that empathy piece is there. Um, Another one, I say leaders got to, for strong leaders, you got to operate with a sense of urgency. We don't have time to waste. Like uh, to close these gaps, we got to we got to be moving in urgency at all times. And last but not least, I go back to that understanding you as one person cannot change this entire school. You have to know how to use that distributed and shared leadership. Yeah. I know Dr. Bourgeois has something, but one of the things that kind of came to mind as both of y'all were talking, you know, they call it they say courage is the mother of all virtues, you know, the, the, the way that you kind of, you know, carry yourself and, and how you confront things with something in particular. Yesterday I was at my daughter's school. We were having lunch with her. Uh, it's kind of like an extended birthday kind of a thing, but, um, and I saw the principal working with the janitorial crew, helping move trash cans around, help pick up trash and, and, and things of that nature and I, I think the ability to try to make sure that you can you can show that you're not above any function of the school. I mean, I think that does a lot to touch on some of the things that both of you all have mentioned 
And it's quite inspiring to see, you know, because a lot of times, you know, and it's 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 hard to judge because of so much that's on the principal's plates nowadays. Mm-hmm. But when you see a principal out there doing that, and then you're thinking, okay, you know, this, you know, maybe this guy's got what it takes to kind of lead the school in what you hope would be the right way. Well, Dr. Rainey has been a principal also. So I, I remember those days where I've mopped the cafeteria floor, I've cleaned the cafeteria tables. And so it's it's when you shift from that title of being the school leader into the role of those that you you supervise to see, okay, this is what, what it means to be able to work around children as they're eating. So you can then empathize with your workers and then know how do I better lead them in their work because I have actually experienced the work. Mm. I've gone in and taught classes when a sub didn't show up. You know, so being able to move around in those various roles help you to be a better leader. Mm-hmm. And I definitely agree with that, um, Shalita. Um, I think it, it 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 exemplifies again that you you are you just a strong leader and you don't mind getting in the trenches with them, which again builds that trusting and that inspiring when they again. Teachers watch everything like kids watch everything teachers do. Teachers yeah. watch everything that leaders do. And so it just builds that credibility. But for me and and, 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 and as, a, as, a, as, a, as a building leader, another reason why I would do it, because, again, I didn't want you to feel like I was picking on you or being pity when I called out things because you not doing it. I did it to show them that if I can do it, I know you can, you should be able to do it. If I, as the leader can get into the trenches and do this, I know you can be able to do it. So again, I love the cafeteria. I love the (laughs) the carpool line. I I would even (laughs) serve food to the kids. I was all over the place with that because I wanted the school to operate at at high productivity at all times. And that was me doing those things just to inspire my people. Like, man, if our principal can get in here, we've been, we, we, we about to kill it today. If I, can do this. We are really about to do it today. So yes, it has a lot, a lot of benefits when that principal is in the trenches doing the work, regardless of the work from the classified side to the certified side, regardless of the work where that principal is visible in all pieces of that work. Helping to build that trust. Yes, that's right. Trust. And uh, I'm actually inspired and, you know, I'm, I spend Saturdays talking to Ross, and we're pretty much picking apart a lot of things. That's our that's our methodology, um, and picking on each other, which is just funny. Um, but, but but hearing hearing this you know conversation, um, uh, the two of you, Dr. Rainey, Dr. Kim, who we are consultants at heart, mm-hmm. um, and um, and I, I guess I had one more question. Uh, about consulting because you're consulting within your your school district and you have a role um the question of you know from a principal they they have this kind of dual role as do you where you're um you're the mentor and you're also evaluating and that inherently has attention i think um so maybe you know, what would happen if the two of you were imagine you know, in addition to all your work, you know, consulting as a third party to some other school district um, to help out and share your 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 ways and your wisdom. What would that look like? Well, I guess I'll start um, yeah. because we come we come to the table with 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 a strong skill set in different areas. Mm-hmm. Um, Transformation leadership, instructional leadership, serving leadership applies to teachers as well as leaders. Leaders 
my strength is leaders, so leaders is the teachers. So we got you got you got a, you got a total package here when it comes when it comes to that. And with um, like she said, both of us being in the principal seat, we kind of understand understand that work. Um, I think entry point in, entry point. I'll say, yeah, entry point will be working with principals because if you work with principals, you can transform and change everything that's happening in that building. But even as a system leader, I think ideally it would be working with system leaders too because system leaders kind of impact the masses. And a lot of times, and I stand on it and I speak on it and you guys get the book because I kind of talk about it. A lot of times we don't see change in the schools because the system leaders are not equipped to produce the change and get the change going. And so therefore, again, you cannot coach who you don't know and what you don't know. So if the if the system leaders don't have the knowledge or the expertise to coach the principals, how would the principals ever get better? Um, how how would it happen? So, uh, but for me as an entry point for 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 consulting, that we uh, not saying if we when we dive into that because I'm we gonna dive into that, mm-hmm. it will really be targeting on working with those principals and those teachers to around these three leadership styles and just to build them holistically as a very solid, highly effective leader teacher effectiveness when it comes to that. But um, once and once districts see the impact that we are making, they are beginning to start understanding that how really if you want massive change to happen, it starts at that system level uh, with that, which is another beast because there's a lot of agendas, a lot of different, uh, a lot of different, a lot of different personalities, and a lot of people. Um, when you think about a system, it's a lot of moving pieces. It's a complex organization. Everybody feels that their work is important. So how do you make that happen where there's a, a, a uniform or a universal um, bold change movement when it comes to that? But th- that's my spiritual leader because I can go on. And- <laughs> yeah, but, but I agree with everything that you have said. In order to see that systemic change, we need every level of the organization, especially in a, a complex organization where it's a really large group. You have uh, situations where this is how it has been done for years. So how do you break that mold? What do you do to to be able to get in and to make a systemic change that will show and give you the results that you're looking for? And so, again, my current role is more in the instructional lane where I'm working with uh, principals and teachers uh, to make sure they understand those best practices. What do the standards say? What do the students uh, need to be able to accomplish by the end of the year? So that is only one arm of that principal seat, but it's a very critical arm of the seat. And so again, uh, as Dr. Rainey and, uh, has said, we have to get at every level. We have to get those system leaders, the, the principals, and their leadership team on the campus, and the teachers. Because if you only train one group of those, then the other two kind of fall on the wayside and you're not getting that buy-in. You won't have that influence occurring. And you need that wisdom to be able to spread all over uh, the organization to ensure that you will see the change that you desire. And so uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited about it. Uh, I just can't hold myself. I was so excited this morning when I thought about the podcast. I said, man, this is real. <laughs> well, you, you have a, a book coming out in, in September of this year. Uh, actually, it'll be on Amazon.com. And I will say it's under A Heart Education Publishing. And I'm, I'm proud to be part of this. Um, uh, 
in in that role i also heard some really good talk today and i'm thinking boy that's text i mean you are, are natural <laughs> I mean, you're 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 right as you speak it's, you know it's, it's a, it's I, a I yeah. see it i hear a second book coming I, I, yes i support it <laughs> i, I support receive it, it. <laughs> well, well well thanks so much this was uh enjoyable i've been more than enjoyable but um it just got me thinking ross um that that we really do need to bring more people on and, and people who are have have different experiences uh than we do and a, a few things resonated you know particularly at the end when you're talking about um that you need to know somebody to to consult and help them mm-hmm. and, and so it's not just you know an isolated bit of coaching so there's i think there's just a lot of wisdom in the book uh and it's um based upon research and experience which is a powerful combination so um i hope that um you know our listenership grows because you have a, a network of people that will want to hear you in the podcast i'm sure um but i i hope that our listeners are regulars um here miller uh would be interested to look look for this title and we'll we'll mention again when it's officially on amazon which could be as early as a couple of weeks so we're, we're at the very last step so congratulations on that in addition to the dissertation doctorate and, and all of that things are looking good thank you thank you thank you so much <laughs> here miller any parting words you get the last 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 laugh <laughs> <laughs> well i tell you what following those two is not going to be easy i don't know what to I'm say right, i'm kind of paralyzed there's, there's no sense trying to be clever you know so just uh <laughs> We'll just go ahead and just put a bow on it, and uh, we'll say adieu uh, to Dr. Shalita Cannon-Hui and Dr. Marvin Rainey, and of course, the ever-esteemable Dr. Stephen Bourgeois. Uh, so long, farewell, and adieu. Hopefully you don't say it. Thank you all. Thank you, guys. <laughs>